Hello and welcome back to Jabberwocky Podcast. I am Adam Deloge. I am David Deloge. I'm the main host. I'm the co-host. And David is the co-host. So there was a missing episode that never got posted where David officially became the co-host and I just want to I want to recognize that award. Thank you, Adam. So David is now officially the co-host. Before that, he was an unpaid intern. <laughs> And but now I think he's really proven himself as a reliable, really good co-host. Thank you. And so I think it's about time. You're still unpaid though. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't come with a pay increase. You're. It's still unpaid. But you could put that. You pr- you put this on resumes now, and I will be a reference for you. Under promise and over deliver. Uh huh. That's how I live my life. All right. So today we're gonna do something <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> You've <laughs> never heard that phrase before. Yes, I have. Have you? Yes. Okay, sorry, continue. Today we're going to be doing something a little bit different. It's going to be, it's not going to be funny. We're going to make zero jokes. Any jokes that we've said already don't count. <laughs> Starting right now, we're making zero jokes because this is not really. Um, we're just not doing anything funny. We're just discussing something. Well, I think we are doing things funny, but <laughs> well, we're not. We might the, think we're doing the things purpose, funny. The purpose of the episode is, to, is not comedic. Our topic is not inherently comedic. But it's also not that serious. It's kind of serious. It's just, well, it's just a facet of life. Uh, so we want to talk about risk. So this is going to be a really long episode. What? L- like in terms of length or yeah. entertainment? It's going to take forever. Why? Because risk always takes forever. I d- don't. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's for Grant. You're talking about the board game? Yeah, that was for Grant. That was not funny. I'm not going to lie. Okay. You're tearing up now. <laughs> You guys, you guys can't see it, but David is tearing up right now. I'm thinking about he thought that Grant. joke was so. <laughs> I'm thinking about Grant thinking that joke is funny because I know that wasn't a funny joke. I, it didn't it, make sense. Grant, when you listen to this joke and think about how funny it is, let me no, let Adam know. It's funny that we talk about Grant so much on this podcast, <laughs> and he's never been on. We just love Grant. He's the best. I am. I can't. I don't want to guarantee. Because that seems presumptuous, but I'm fairly confident that Grant A would have gotten that joke, and I don't B would have found it quite funny. Grant, please let me know if you did in fact get that joke. Risk always takes forever. It's <laughs> like, okay, it, make, it wasn't a good joke. But we're talking about risk in life, not the board game. See, this is why we're not doing any jokes, David, because they're not funny. But <laughs> so in in life. You know, you got to take risks. So basically, you want to talk about what is risk in life. How do we determine what a risk is and what a risk isn't? So I don't think that determining what risk is is necessarily that complicated. What is a risk then? Um, It's taking a course of action with an unknown outcome that is hopefully, hopefully beneficial but potentially negative. Like what? Name one thing. Give me an example. Um, like starting a company. You hope to be successful. Right. But if you fail, uh-huh. bad things will happen. Right. And failing is a possibility. Right. I also and wanna, you don't know what's going to happen. I also want to talk about why risk is so good. Why is it like so necessary in life? Because I don't think you can get anywhere if you... I mean, you can get places, but I don't think you get where you want to go if you never take risks. Interesting. Like, if 
you want to start a company or you have an idea for a company, you're not going to get anywhere unless you take that risk. Of starting it. Yeah. Is it fear? That is the, is it just that it's unknown? Yeah, I think humans have a fear of the unknown. That's why people are afraid of death. Even people who, like, I think people, even people who are very confident in an afterlife, um, or who are very confident in the absence of an afterlife, are still afraid of death. But in, not so much for think people that, or not so much for dying, but other things, you can do, like, calculations. Yeah. Have hypotheticals. Yeah, but you don't but know. But there's still, people are still afraid of doing it. Yeah. Why do you think it leads to so much growth? Why do, why does growth happen at the fringes of our comfort zones? Mm, wow, that's a very CrossFit thing to say. Uh, Earlier today, I asked David when we were going to record, and he goes, in the afternoon, I'm coaching this morning. Can't believe this you said that like <laughs> as if I was saying that like you could have just haughtily. said you could have just said you were going to CrossFit. I would, but I was not going to CrossFit to work out. I was going there to coach. <laughs> okay, regardless, I was just saying like like what do you want me to say? Like I'm working. Were you scared when you went to go get your level one in um, CrossFit? Was that a risk for you? No. You weren't scared at all. Uh, I well, I didn't have anything to be scared of. Um. <laughs> I was I was nervous about some facets of the I guess I was a little bit like nervous. I so the only part the only thing that could really go wrong there is that I would not pass the test. Yeah. And I was fairly confident that I'd pass the test. Okay. Um I did pass the test. But it um, wasn't that wasn't a risk for you. I did not feel like it was a risk, no. Okay. Because there was there's very just there was just very little um like negative outcomes to it outcomes yeah that besides just like monetarily monetarily yeah like for me it was like wor- worst case scenario i have to retake the test mm-hmm. right but other than that like even if i'm not going to actually use it to actually coach it's still a super awesome and beneficial educational experience and um like even if I'm not coaching an affiliate, I can just like it better equips me to like help people out yeah. who are just my friends. Right. Um, and it was at a very significant like CrossFit location. So just to be able to go the there ranch. Yeah, I don't want to like We're dive. At the ranch. Yeah. The ranch is like I don't even know what you would parallel it to. The but ranch of the Olympics. There's a ranch for every sport. Yeah, the ranch of the like the it'd be like going to the Olymp. It'd be like going to the Olympics at Mount Olympus. <gasps> is, that is that ever real, happened? Is that a real place? I don't know. Is it? I feel like it has to be. I don't know. I feel bad that I don't know whether or not Mount Olympus actually exists. Is Mount Olympus real? Is Mount Olympus real? Do you feel like you grew from going to the like not obviously not in the CrossFit sense, but going personally in yeah. your own personal development? I do. Um, it w- so there were definitely aspects of it that were like uncomfortable mm-hmm. for me. Like I didn't know anybody. Mount Olympus is real. It's okay. the highest point in Greece. Hmm. So yeah, it'd be like going to the Olympics there, or wherever they y- used to have them in Greece, okay. or something like that. I don't know. Okay, so you felt like you grew personally. 
Yeah, well, I did, so there was definitely things about it that were, like, uncomfortable for me, like, not knowing anybody there and just having to kind of, like, integrate into a group of people that I didn't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, okay, so here's a risk that I didn't take that I <gasps> wish I had a little bit. Yeah. So the guy who owns the ranch, mm-hmm. Dave Castro, is, like, the mastermind behind the CrossFit Games. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't even know who he's like. Like, what? He's, like, the Zeus of the Olympics. No, we don't need <laughs> to get into, like... No, I'm trying to think of like sport comparisons. He is the um, Dana White to MM- UFC or MMA. Uh, I think he is. I think that's the right kind of Is analogy. Dana White an announcer? No, he's the guy that started it. Okay. Yeah, he's kind of like or that. Or like brought it to America or yeah, something. Yeah. He's, so he's made it simil- successful. Similar somehow. to that. Yeah. So um, he owns the ranch and he was there and mm-hmm. like. Um, he took us on like a tour and then after we were done on the first day there was like a fire and people were like hanging out and he was there like talking to people um and i did not i was very afraid to engage him in conversation um like in a direct one-on-one right so i was kind of like there like listening to the conversation but i didn't like go up in and Mm -hmm. be like hey mr castro i'm that's not what you sound like fan or i know but that's kind of like what you sound like in like not if you're cool about it. I don't. I didn't. You should feel say I admire your work. Well, here's what I really wanted to do: is there's a workout that I think would be an excellent games workout, and I really want him to do it. And the only way that I can conceive of to get him to is do it, just other, tell him. Is just to tell him, and that was my chance. That was your chance. And I felt like that would be incredibly arrogant, right? Like that'd be like going to like the like the head of an Olympic like people who like decide what sports are in the Olympics and right. be like, dude, you have got to hear about this sport. It definitely needs to be in the Olympics. Right. And they would be like, uh, who do you think you are? Random guy deciding <laughs> what should be in the Olympics or not. Right. And so I didn't want to do that. Even though the workout is, I am convinced would be a phenomenal right games workout, both in terms of test and in terms of spectacle. Mm-hmm. So but I didn't, didn't do, that. do it. I didn't talk to him about that. Do I do regret not. it. Um, I do regret a little bit, like, the thing that I really wanted to do, at least that wouldn't have been super weird, is get a picture with him. And I do a little bit regret that. Because nobody else was, like, asking him for pictures. It was just like, oh, yeah, Dave Castro, no big deal. I knew, it kind of could, like, was aware that, like, on the inside, everybody else was probably, like, wanting to get a photo with him. Yeah, but I don't want to be the guy who was like, hey, Dave, can we get a picture? So what? stopped you was it your public perception um from other people yeah i cared what i cared what other people thought i cared what he thought and it was very afraid of like offending him okay and i was just trying to like read the room which i don't think he would have been offended if i had asked for a picture i don't think he would have but i also felt like i don't want to be the guy who is like hey can we get a picture and then everybody else wants a picture and now he has to take pictures with you know 18 other people you know i just felt like that wouldn't be cool yeah so i was my plan was to like wait and hope he was also there at the end of the second day, which I thought would be a more appropriate time right. for that. He was not there. And so I just kind of missed my chance. So I guess this is kind of a, a lower stakes kind of risk. But I think yeah. I think risk, while we are afraid of it, I think a big thing of it is just being uncomfortable while we do it. Mm-hmm. Because I think, you know, we can calculate what's going to happen to a certain degree, but sure. I think and that can kind of mitigate the fear of what's going to happen. But I think a, a 
a big thing of it is being uncomfortable. So that kind of goes back to my question of why does why does growth happen at the fringes of being uncomfortable or at th- at the fringes of being comfortable? Because if you stay in your comfort zone forever, you're just going to be a loser if you're never challenging yourself. So maybe it is that you're getting that pushback and then you're wanting and then you're having to adapt and overcome. Yeah. Well, I think like in order to improve at something, you have to be bad at it before you're good at it. Right. So if you're just sitting in the zone where you're competent at at everything, um, right, you're you're not going to get better at anything because you're not trying out anything. You're already good at everything that you're doing, right? Right. So there's just no threshold for... You're not doing anything that you can improve at in the first place. Yeah. So I guess what I need to improve on, I don't feel like I'm a good risk taker. Yeah. Why is that? Um, I don't know. I'm very, I overthink a lot. Okay. So usually I spend a lot of time with anything. Like with Dave Castro, I was like trying to like calculate like, what would be the like most optimal time for me to like get a picture? Like, should I ask him now? Should right. I wait? What are the odds that he'll like still be here? Like, versus just like going in guns blazing and just like asking him like, hey, can we get a picture? Which right. I did actually take. I took like a picture of him. Oh, okay. So, well, but not in like a hmm. weird way. Like, we were did like, did he know you took a picture of him? No. Well, then but it that sounds like a weird way. It wasn't. <laughs> so it wasn't like we were on the ranch tour. Uh-huh. And so we were out on his property. So I took like kind of like a shot of uh, the, what we were all looking at. Pretend like you were taking a photo of the thing you were showing you, but then just pointed at him. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. <laughs> Can we post that on the Instagram? Um, Think we're allowed to? I mean, it's my photo, so I guess, yeah. But okay, we'll post that photo in. Will we, though? It's not a, It's not even a good photo. Yeah, but I kind of want to see it. I can really show it to you later. want to see it, too. It's really, it's just a photo of like... <laughs> landscape and some people and then whoever what's his name tim dave castro dave um so this year i'm trying to say yes to a lot more things i think growing up i was not a risk risk taker i really wanted to just never be uncomfortable and Mm -hmm. so mom would always make me do stuff that i didn't want to do and then i would actually like it Hmm. that's kind of her thing she would always say you're going to say you don't want to do it. Or she says that I say no to a lot of things, which I do, and I'm trying not to do that. Um, so this year I'm trying to say yes to a lot more things. But my mom would make me go play. I played basketball. Yeah. I played baseball. Mm-hmm. And the first days I always hated it so much. I just hated it just with all my being. <laughs> but after a while, as I kept going, I enjoyed it. And kept doing it. So, like, I played baseball for three or four years. Then yeah. I did Taekwondo. Taekwondo was probably the biggest, what the one that I was most afraid of. Really? Yeah, because I watched Karate Kid, and in my mind, I just imagined it being exactly like Karate Kid. Like? like I, you know that, you know? Like um, the Cobra Kai gym? Yeah. Okay. And ironically, there was a guy that showed up later who I called Cobra Kai because <laughs> he almost was. But I remember the week coming up to one of my first sessions, one of the first free classes. Yeah. Is in Karate Kid, they do that thing where they're sitting 
on their legs underneath them and then they jump up and stand up. Mm-hmm. I was like practicing that because I was worried that if I didn't and then I went to class and I wasn't able to do it, that I would be <laughs> kicked out. <laughs> wow. But that never happened. But I think it was I think it was important for me to um, do those things and have mom make me do it because if I didn't, I would be such a loser right now. And now I'm trying, I'm trying to kind of be my own mom (laughs) and make myself do it. Like I realized now that I'm in college. Yeah. I realized I can basically do whatever I want to a certain degree. degree. There's not like, but there's not like a limit on the things that I can do. There's no parental supervision here. Yeah. But also like it, I can just, if I want to go to a club meeting, I can just cause I want right. to, or if I want to go do something, go to some event, I can, cause I want to. So I've been trying to do that a lot more and trying to say yes to yeah. a lot more things. And it's actually been a lot of fun. So I feel like a lot of times people don't recognize that sometimes taking risks and doing those things is actually really fun. And then you like figure out things that you're, kind of passionate about what kind of things have you been, you've been saying yes to <sighs> well i said yes to teaching a bible class which is probably the scariest things that i've said yes to oh, yeah. so far i think you'll do well at that we'll see um i've emailed um different clubs wanting to join i might join a club perhaps not quite sure yet um there was a a trivia night oh, put yeah. on by the math club really which was actually a lot of fun and i really enjoyed doing it was Be- it sorry it was not math okay. related <laughs> that was my it was not just a bunch no, of no, math no, no. well no it was it was like pop culture history a bunch okay. of different stuff but it was really fun and we i really enjoyed doing it they do trivia night down at mellow mushroom yeah like we should Tuesday. go do it we so doing stuff like that has really there was one event that i was going to go to but i couldn't figure it out okay um so i didn't go to that but i would have gone but just realizing, I think it's one of the biggest things that I've realized from going to college now is just that I can just do stuff. Yeah. Like, it doesn't matter if I go to something and I can just do it. Mm-hmm. So that's been a lot of fun. But this year, I'm trying to say yes to a lot more things, to do a lot more things, because I think it's better for my personal growth. Sure. But it's also a lot of fun. And I basically live my life to amass stories, pretty that's much. That's so that's almost problematic, but that might be another <laughs> podcast. What? I can't do things to just like, I sometimes I do things because I think it would be a good story. Um, I think that's fine, but I think trying to, I think living your life on the basis of trying to accumulate interesting experiences is philosophically problematic. Okay. But that's like a different conversation. Well, what if I told you that the main part of it was personal growth? That's better. Yeah. I so don't think there's I don't think there's anything wrong with wanting to have good experiences, but I think if that is your if you're receiving your primary fulfillment right. from experiences, yeah. that's problematic. So but other than that, I've pretty much lived a fairly risk free life. Mm-hmm. Or risk averse. <laughs> Risk averse. Not wanting, because I just, it's just so uncomfortable, and I hate it so much. But I know that once I get it over with, it's done. 
like I never have to think about it again. So there's a couple of risks that I can think of that are like so even starting this risks podcast that I've taken uh, or risks that we've taken or you've taken all of the above just all risks. Yeah. Okay. So like starting this podcast, for example, did you feel risky t- starting this? Um, not really. Mm-hmm. A little bit. I mean, that's why the first episode I was like, "Hey guys, today we're gonna make this my first podcast." First episode. Because I didn't want mom and dad to know that I was recording. <laughs> oh yeah. Um, but that was pretty much it. And then after that, once you were on the podcast, I just didn't really care. So it's not. I still don't like. I don't tell people that I have the podcast. Like people that I don't know. Mm. Every first, so every first week of the semester, when you're doing the get to know me, get to know your neighbor next to you, I never say that I have a podcast. Yeah. Just because I don't want people to know. So maybe that's the next step in risk is sharing. Uh, but I don't know. Well, yeah, but that like if you just come out and you're like, uh, so I have a podcast. Like, um, that sounds very pretentious. But I don't think this was so much of a risk just because it was fun from the get-go. It was enjoyable to do. It's never been uncomfortable for me to do this podcast where I'm like, yeah. this is kind of making me uncomfortable. I feel like this. I feel like one of the reasons that we've – I don't want to say that we've done as well as we have because I don't know that we've <laughs> done well. But like, I don't feel like this is a bad podcast per okay. se. Do you feel like it's bad? I, I think it has its – ebbs and flows for sure but i feel like on the whole like most yeah. of the people who listen to it seem to enjoy listening to yeah it, which or I they guess just is enjoy listening to i guess yeah i was I about mean, to say that they just enjoy listening to that's it, how sure. i guess that's how podcasts work like the people who listen to yes, the podcast that enjoy is how it. podcasts work but like i feel like one of the reasons that we i feel like the one of the reasons that we have not done as badly as we maybe could have done is that we are pretty active about trying to like not like not let it die no well not let it die but just like not put stuff out to put stuff out i think we have actually done that we do not we do put stuff out in order to release content like in order to make like we do make an effort to like actually make stuff Uh but you have to make an effort to make stuff right right but it's like we try to be like we're not doing it for like to accumulate a larger and larger listener base. Oh, we're just doing it just because we yeah. like talking to each other? Yeah. Like, okay. we're doing it, like, yeah. without regard for, like, whether or not it is good right. or bad. Yeah. Which I think is beneficial. Uh-huh. But another risk that you and I both took separately is moving to Kentucky. Mm. I feel like... I feel like I that's I feel like y- your risk was greater than mine in that because... Yeah. You and Zoe were already living here when I came here. Yeah. But when I think about, like, that, when I think about just, like, people deciding where they're going to college, mm-hmm. like, what is that? Like, what do you mean? It's so arbitrary. Yeah, like, visiting the school, seeing what the town is like. Yeah. And, like, there's there's no way that you can possibly, like, actually provide, like, execute a logical analysis yeah, i don't think that there's any way that you can actually calculate what your life will be like yeah from a place in and, a place and my life here although i've enjoyed it like i would not have like my understanding and perception of the school is a lot different than when you first came here for sure yeah me too i've learned that this school is built on 
lies. <laughs> what? I'm just kidding. A debt. <laughs> <laughs> it's built on debt. I'm having That's to deal. Sure. I'm having to deal with one of the. Uh, I don't know what they're called. Uh, departments at Western right now, and yeah. I am very upset. Hmm. A lot. So yeah, but the college is a. Lo- it definitely has lost its. When I first toured here, when or when I was first here. Yeah. Or, I think yeah, when Zoe first toured here, I was like, wow, this is a pretty cool campus. Hmm. But now that I'm here, I just think, I actually this is funny. I actually used to think that Minton was a cool dorm, <laughs> but now I live in Minton and I hate it with a passion. And I wish I wish so bad that it would just be demolished. Minton is a cool dorm relative to some of the other options. Is it? Have you been to the bottom of the hill, though? I mean, it's only cooler in its location, but other than that, it, it the other dorms down the hill, yeah. I mean, besides PFT, have the cool windows where it's like, quack, 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 like a two L's. I wish I had had one of those. I don't think it would be very easy to see out of it. Yeah. Regardless. It'd be dark Regardless. inside. Regardless, I used to think Minton was cool, and now I do not. So I had, when I was a freshman, I was living in Minton, and I had some friends who lived in McCormick, okay, which is in the valley. Yeah, that's um, down. So our our campus is on a hill. Yeah. Poor decision. <laughs> the worst decision of all college campus locations. It makes us tough on planet Earth. It's just it dumb. makes us tough. It, no, it's it's not just a waste. The hill, I think the hill is good for us. I think I never ride the bus it's up the hill. We're like Spartans, though. I never ride the bus up the hill. That good. I have I never, mean, and I will never. The bus is actually a great way to get around campus. But I will never ride the bus up the I hill. would not adopt that policy if I were you. I don't even take the Grice elevator. You know about that? Um, I think To get up to it. FAC. So you may at some point, like, just for pure, like, I have to be from the bottom of the hill to the top of the hill in a very short amount of time, sometimes the bus is advantageous. I would never allow myself to do that. <laughs> okay. Anyway, we're getting off that. <laughs> so, but I think that was a big risk. Okay. Um, I would say more so you than me, but... Sure. But it was all a risk, risk for me. Yeah. So do you feel like you struggle with certain types of risk more than others? Like... What are we saying are the different types of risk, like social risk? Yeah, it seems. I would like say there there was a pretty there was a higher social well, there was a higher social risk, or there was a social risk for me at least, for you as well, but probably more so than you mm-hmm. again because you knew almost no one here. Yeah, but of leaving a place where you know all the people and then coming to a place where you basically don't know all the people is a pretty big risk and I really didn't enjoy that for the first couple weeks that I was here just because I am an extrovert well just because I enjoy being with other people and then not and then feeling that uncomfortable around that many people all the time was not enjoyable like I was very socially drained all the time just because I was around so many people that I didn't know yeah and it was a lot of work, I felt like. Did you feel like that? Yeah, I was pretty... Uh, I had a pretty rough... Well, so I was lucky in that... Um, 
like my freshman year, there was a pretty uh, a reasonably sized cohort of like freshmen who somehow or another got into this sort of like like massive blob socially, um, which was nice because once I somehow or another integrated into that group, it was like a fairly reasonable group of people who always yeah. did things together. And it was like, it was big enough that it would, there were like subgroups, like there were girls and guys. And then like, there were like you know, three or four of us guys and we'd hang out on our own. And then the girls would hang out on their own. And then sometimes we all hang out together and sometimes it would be like, yeah. you know, different groups of us. And so that was nice because it was like groups of varying sizes and it was big enough that I didn't need to like make a ton of other friends besides. Yeah. Well, my thing was, is, correct me if I'm wrong, but there were not that many freshmen in our, in my pool. Uh-uh. And it just kind of fluctuates from year yeah, to year. Yeah, but um, luckily I was able to make good friends, have a good friend group now. But for the first couple of weeks, it was just, I was just drained yeah. all the time. Mm-hmm. But now we hang out every night in my dorm. That's cute. Don't say that. That's nice. We're, we're watching Avatar Last Airbender right now. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Where we are you? How far are you? We just watched, last night we watched Appa's Lost Days. Oh. And then they got Appa back, and Zuko um, destroyed his blue spirit mask. Have you watched Tales of Bossing Say yet? Yep. Oh, that's, that's a good, a good one. one. Squish, squash, sling that slag. <laughs> <laughs> Have you seen that's the... M- that's a good one. <laughs> Have you seen the memes about, like, the guy who, like wrote like momo's tale and they all like come together with their like separate like storylines <laughs> for like <laughs> like tales of bossing say yeah and the guy who like writes i wrote iroh's tale is like okay so this is what i got for iroh and the guy with like momo is like wait what like momo's i have to follow a, that up momo's like, was really sad is it yeah it's like momo trying to track down appa because he's so sad because he yeah, misses but him but it's momo <laughs> Momo, Momo, is Momo is an important part of the group. Uh, Remember King Boomy at the end? Where you're missing someone very important. Where's Momo? <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, oh okay, let's get back on track. Yeah, so it was a it was a risk to come to school here, but I got over it. I feel like I definitely grew from it. Okay, definitely growing from just not having parents around. Sorry, mom and dad, but that's the truth. I feel I like you could probably relate to that as well. I think that's what they want for you, though. Oh, I don't okay. think they want you good. to be like dependent upon them. Well, yeah, like that's good. They want you to be in uh, uh, independent, fully, fully functioning adult. I try. Okay, what was the other risk? Another risk? Well, those were the only na- like okay. main risks. I think. Yeah, but I was just thinking like I definitely struggle probably the most with social risks. Mm. So. Um, which is interesting because I am an introvert and you are an extrovert. Yes. But you also feel like you struggle with social risk. It wasn't, um, yeah, I feel like it, we probably just in, interpreted it, interpreted it differently. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it was kind of a social risk, but it worked out, which is good. Um, I also want to talk about how we get. Anyways, okay. How do we get over the hump of taking a risk? So there's this thing called the flinch. 
Yes. <laughs> okay. Sorry, I was just. We are recording. That's why I'm talking. Okay. So there's just this, there's this thing called the flinch, right? And it's that it's that when when you're about to jump, when you're about to take a cold shower. Yeah. And you're like, you don't want to do it so bad, and you're like tensing up, and then when mm-hmm. you do it, it's not that bad. It's after a few seconds, it's pretty bad. Yeah, but after a few seconds, it's not that bad. Uh. That's basically what they call the flinch. Okay. And so every time that we take a risk or we do something hard, there's always going to be that flinch mm-hmm. of just like I don't want to do it, and then it doesn't get better until we do it. Mm. How do we get over that? Um, because for the first, I was. For a couple days, <laughs> I should say, in January, I thought, you know what? I'm going to be taking cold showers. Yeah. So I can – obviously, it was more symbolic than actual practical of being able to get over the flinch. Yeah. Um, But just kind of as a reminder to myself that the flinch exists and that I can get over it. But it that didn't last. <laughs> it so lasted until the first Sunday, mm-hmm. and I just thought, I don't want to take a cold shower. So the flinch applies to more than just like physical. Yeah, risks, it's right? it's all risks. So social risks, coming to college of like, say you you want to go up and talk to someone. There's that flinch of, I really, really, really don't want to talk to them because that scares me. Yep. And you're there's that flinch, but it won't get better until you do it. That's like me all the time with all people. <laughs> no, not really, but um, but how do we get over that? my question well so there's a few things i think about so the cold showers thing that you brought up is interesting as like a way to like practice getting through the flinch because there's a guy um crossfit guy but also former navy seal all the people i know are crossfit people yeah okay i don't know this guy personally but he's a former navy seal right so like he's a stud you know like he's legit (laughs) okay and so one of the things he does is he has like basically has this uh like a freezer Mm-hmm. like a meat freezer you know okay like the one that we have in our garage basically yeah. and he fills it up with water okay why didn't he just use a tub apparently the the freezers are like cheaper oh okay like he fills it up with water and it basically creates like a cold tub and he goes and sits in it for five minutes every morning is that more for muscles or it's so i think it's the health benefit thing but it's also like he says like it's just like a psychological win yeah. for him to start the day like right He's not going to let the cold water beat him. Yeah. I wonder if, I think I would almost have an easier time with cold tubs than cold showers. I really don't like cold showers, but, um, well, but I it's think like it's, that kind of thing. I think it's that thing too is Jocko talks about getting up, right? I think there's yeah. a flinch in getting up. You probably know about this. There's a flinch in getting up where you just like, I am warm and I'm, co- and that's when it's cold outside and you're really toasty in bed, that's almost like, getting in a a cold tub there's that mm. flinch too okay do you agree disagree um i don't think there's a flinch for me when i'm getting up in the morning i think i'm just like oh, i'm so tired i think that's the flinch i don't think it's a flinch okay but how do we how do we get over it so i think there's another thing i was listening to a podcast and they were talking about um mental uh toughness okay and one of the, th- the techniques that was recommended is basically negative visualization. Okay. So which like, is? so basically you're visualizing things going bad. Okay. And apparently this is this I is good. So apparently this is not like um, I, this is not like a firsthand thing. But according to this podcast, 
this is something that Michael Phelps would do a lot and like okay. with his coach is right so like normally when you think of like athletes doing visualizations it's like they're visualizing like the perfect Them winning yeah so like you would picture Michael Phelps like swimming the perfect you know race or whatever right okay. and so what they would do instead is they would he would visualize something going wrong like you know his goggles start filling up with water or whatever right mm-hmm and so what you do is you visualize the worst case scenario and then you also visualize yourself overcoming it, right? Okay. So it's kind of this idea of like picturing it's a it's a lot easier to picture yourself just being successful, but you grow more if you picture yourself being unsuccessful and then and then c- overcoming that. Well, it's like sort of a psychological edge because, you know, you want to you want to believe going into the unknown that nothing is going to go wrong. Right. But objectively, like at some point something is going to go, go wrong. So it's kind of this thing of like you just saying, you know, I am expecting this to not necessarily go well mm-hmm. and I'm okay with that. And I am prepared to like deal with that. Right? right. So you're going into the situation anticipating I'm going to have to deal with this going wrong versus boy, I really hope this goes right. Mm-hmm. Right. So yeah. It's kind of like that kind of thing. So I think that's a useful tool. There's also the old, we bought a zoo. Don't, don't, re- don't know what that is. So in the, the movie, you remember watching the movie, We uh, Bought a Zoo? Vaguely. Okay. Is, Ma- is, it, is that Matt Damon or Mark Wahlberg? Uh, I believe it is Matt Damon. Okay. So in We Bought a Zoo, there is a, Matt Damon's character, um, has like I think he has a his brother told him this like his older brother is like all it takes to do anything that you're scared to do or something like that is like twenty seconds of courage and I yeah. think that's like how he like decides to buy the zoo or whatever mm-hmm. and it's how he like met his wife. Mm-hmm. So twenty. Well, that's interesting because I took a public speaking class, and on the first day, she just said all of you are going to talk, are going to. Because not only is taking a public speaking class like learning how to do public speaking, but it's like also yeah. kind of that flinch, right? Because a lot of people are really, really afraid. It's like one of the yeah. greatest fears in Americans. Mm-hmm. But she said, all of you are going to talk for 20 seconds, and that's all you have to do. And you can do anything for 20 seconds. And I think that's really important because I know that when I – am going to do something that Mm. is a risk i know i know leading up to it i'm just gonna be i'm not gonna be looking forward to it yeah but when i start to do it everything that i'm worried about is gonna go away and it's not gonna matter and then it's gonna be over before i know it does that make sense yeah so i think think the we bought a zoo thing is kind of right if you just if you visualize the risk you're gonna take but only doing it for 20 seconds, that's easy. Because you can do anything for 20 seconds. Yeah. Well, sometimes when, like, like if I'm, I particularly struggle with, like, going up and talking to people. Yeah. Even if it's, like, even if it's, like, a visitor at church, right? Okay. Like, I'm trying to, like, get a little bit better at that. But that's just super. That's hard. Yeah. That's even I, even I don't, like want to do that and it's weird because my parameters for myself right now are just like just basically go up and it's like say hi i'm david 
what's your name and they say their name and maybe like where are you guys from and then mm-hmm. like i'm not trying to get into a conversation with them right i'm just trying to check the box Be friendly i i went from hi i'm david to you know glad to have you guys here this morning or whatever right yeah. which is like maybe three lines of conversation mm-hmm. there's very very little room for that much to go wrong mm-hmm. but it's still just like daunting yeah. right so i think for me with that is it's like just like trying to just get through like just focus on the first step like just say yeah hi i'm david yeah and then once you're in it then you right. kind of got to figure way and out and i think that's the that's what's so good about just doing it for 20 seconds is because most things aren't going to last 20 seconds like if you if you decide to go and talk to someone for 20 seconds mm. odds are it will last longer than 20 seconds so i think i think this is the under promise over deliver yeah so i think what you need to do or uh, one strategy that you could do is you underpromise to yourself. So say you're only going to do something for however long, mm-hmm. and then you go and you do it, and it's going to take longer than however long you like talking to someone for twenty seconds is kind of hard. Um, but by underpromising to yourself, you're going to overdeliver. So you'd be like, I only have to talk to this person for twenty seconds. Yeah, and I but I think by default, most conversations don't last twenty seconds. And you will then, therefore, talk to the person longer than 20 seconds. And then you have that psychological edge of, I told myself I was going to do it for 20 seconds. And I did it for a minute and 10 seconds. What if you just walked up to people and you're just like, at 20 seconds, you just had a hard cut off. <laughs> like they're like <laughs> you're watching mid, your, you're looking sentence. at your watch and, <laughs> and, all right, that's your time. I didn't catch your name, but have a good day. <laughs> You just talk really slow so that you can never get their answer. Yeah. Well, the other thing that I think uh, helps me is like um, I mentally try to do that, like preparing for adversity, be like, I'm fine if this is awkward. Like, yeah. I'm I think, okay with it being awkward. Yeah. Right? I think it's important to just embrace because obviously when you take a risk or you're you're practicing something like going up to strangers and talking to them, mm-hmm. obviously there's going to be hits and misses and you're not going to be great at it the first couple times because I think it is a skill and I think sometimes and I think taking risks is a skill so the first couple times that you're going to be taking risks and going into the uncomfortable it's not going to be good it's going to be absolutely terrible and you're going to hate it so much but I think as you get better at it and as you do it more you're going to get better you're it's going to be more comfortable to you but I think an important thing is is that embracing that it's going to be bad and being able to laugh at it is important because i think if you start to take it too seriously that might be where you fall where you where you like start to overthink Mm -hmm. things because you're taking because you might be taking past experiences like really really seriously Mm. and you're just kind of letting those ruminate and you're like wow that last time that i went and i talked to a stranger it was so uncomfortable and so awkward and i never want to do it again and then you're letting that ruminate and kind of multiply in your mind so that the next time you decide that you want to um, talk to a stranger that the last experience that you had is in your head and you think it was way worse than it actually was so i think it's important to just like just laugh at yourself and not take it too seriously because at the end of the day if you're talking to a stranger if you if it's bad that's okay 
Yeah. Because if you're going to have, well, A, they probably won't remember you. Right. But if you have um, more interactions with them, you'll be able to do better. Sure. And then they'll forget about it or they'll remember it and then they'll bring it up and you can just laugh about it and say, yeah, I was actually really kind of nervous when I first came over and talked to you. And then you can laugh at it about how you're best friends now hmm. and how you have a zoo you and how you're married and you bought a zoo together. <laughs> well, that's all that happens in the movie. That's not, or that is. Well, his wife dies. Oh, and then they buy a zoo. Well, or something like that. Okay. Well, it's like a flashback. Anyways, thing. I think the important part is is don't let it, don't take it too seriously. Embrace that it's going to be bad, and that you're not going to be great at it, and don't let it ruminate. So here's, uh, I when you said that we were going to talk about risk, I thought of this video from Casey Neistat. Okay. Because Casey Neistat has taken a lot of risks. He has. We're going to watch the video r- right now together. Oh, we are? I think I'm going to actually like insert the audio into the podcast. Okay. All right. Here we go. I want to talk about risk. As a guiding principle, life shrinks and life expands in direct proportion to your willingness to assume risk. Yeah. I've like I've made some really stupid decisions in my career for my entire career. On a broad plane, they've all worked out. Every time I've quit my jobs, which I've done every time I've had a job, people that I trust most, the tre- people that I love, all advised against it. My dad told me not to move to New York City because it was such a risk. And every time I, every time I took these bigger risks, the opportunity for a larger payout was always there. Life is like this super temporary, mega fragile thing. You only get like a nugget of time to really pursue the things you care about. And like I'm 30, 34. And my rule is that the right time is always right now. To put a little meat on these bones, this new company that I don't really talk about, this new company is the biggest risk I've ever taken. I took five years of my life to build my advertising career and I made like a lot of money. I've been doing really great. Look at my YouTube channel, go all the way back. The last branded content thing you'll see was in February of 2014. I ditched it all to pursue something I knew nothing about. This huge risk. And I did it at a time when my wife was pregnant and there was all of this vulnerability and all this scariness in my life. And even now at 33, my dad said, 34, my dad said, Casey, that's crazy. You've got a good thing, don't let it go. But I know that like someday I won't be able to do this. I know that the time is now. The time, the right time is always now. So I had to do it. That's how I feel about risk in general. And that's what the struggle has always been for me is like identifying risk, identifying fear, and then just smashing through it. Because a a fear is looking back and wishing that I had done these things. The most dangerous thing you can do in your career, the most dangerous thing you can do in life is play it safe. So there's a couple things that I want to impact from that. Okay. So, so that's a really I like that clip. That's really good. So I'm um, pretty sure I'm pretty sure we're within fair use. Uh, Casey, if you're really displeased that we used that, um, we will let we us know. Big we'll fans. take it out. I write, we are big fans. Yeah. Um, I'm okay. Well. So there's a couple things that I want to unpack from that. Okay. Um, the first thing that that stuck out to me was that he said that we only have a finite time. We only have, a l- and we do. We only have a limited amount of time. Yeah. So I think, like, playing it safe, why? I mean, like, l- your life is going to be a lot more fun and a lot more, like, 
intricate and complex and more fulfilling if you're taking risks. Sure. Um, number two is when he quit his job, his advertising, he had, did he say his wife was pregnant? Yeah. Like, there's never going to be a good time to take a risk. It's like mm. there's never there's never going to be a moment where you decide right now is the perfect time to take a risk because there's always going to be something. Sure. There's always going to be another thing that's going to you're going to say, oh, this needs my time right now or I have to deal with this right now. And I think waiting for it is yeah. a bad decision. You just got to do it. Jocko talks about stress and his thing is like people humans have endured there are people who have endured so much stress yeah the stress you're under you can deal with it yeah if you can't deal with it you're probably not dealing with like other parts of your life or yeah like but i think the important thing is to realize is that you're capable of a lot of things yeah like human beings there's you're so your brain is so malleable you can do a lot of things with it it's really powerful yeah and you're and you like what you can make yourself do your potential is really high yeah well i feel like i just indicted a bunch of people who feel really stressed out by saying if you you are stressed but (laughs) no no if you are stressed that is but if i'm saying like if you're thinking that if you take a risk it's going to be like a lot then i think remember that you can't do it because you can deal with a lot of things yeah, not under not to underplay people who are stressed. And the interesting thing about that clip in hindsight is that's from like 2015, so that's like yeah. peak vlog Casey. And his business failed. Yeah, tanked. It was it, terrible. Yeah. It well, CNN not, it, bought it, so. Well, yeah, but it's not even tanked. the thing that it was. Yeah. Um. So even that risk that he thought would be great tanked. He's fine. He's still rich. He's t- still rich. Yeah. Still makes YouTube videos. So I think. Like, that's another thing, too, is that this risk w- probably won't ruin your life. Yeah, there are some risks true. that can ruin your life, like yeah. day trading. <laughs> they can ruin your life, but other risks, it's not, it's all a learning experience. He didn't know what he was doing when he started his company. He figured it out, mm. and it tanked, but he learned from it. And I think that's another important thing, too, is that you're going to, a, embrace that it's going to be uncomfortable. B, know that you're going to learn from it. There's always going to be something that you can learn from it. Every single interaction, every single risk that you take. It's going to be new. It's going to like be a totally different scenario. And there's going to be something else that you can take from it. And then take it, take that into your next risk. Yeah. And here's what I just thought of. It's because there's some risks that you should not take. Day trading. Day trading. Maybe, but here's what I think. Like, di- <laughs> here's what I think differentiates good risks from bad risks. Okay. So, good risks would be like trying to start a company. Yeah. For example, not that you have to try and start a company, but just like, is that something you want to do? Mm-hmm. Because there's short-term discomfort, long-term potential for growth, right? right? Versus something like doing drugs, risky, <laughs> short-term pleasure, yep, long-term consequences. Yes. Right. <laughs> So, like, the kinds of risks that you should be looking at taking are risks that are uncomfortable. Long-term. So, that kind of gets into the book, I, the first book I read of 2019, The Dip by Seth Godin. 
okay. about strategic quitting. Hmm. And his thing is, is that you need to identify the things that are going to pay off in the end. That's not basically the, that's not the entire book, but there was a big part of it that is like everything that you do in life takes a certain path. There's the cul-de-sac, which mm-hmm. leads to nothing. Gotcha. There's the, the um, cliff where okay. it goes. There's a steady increase and then it drops off. And then there's the dip, which leads to um, long-term success. Gotcha. So, ident- so ident- in identifying your risks, find the risks that are going to be beneficial in the long run. Hmm. So not the d- cliffs, not the cul-de-sacs, but the dips. Because those lead to greater things in the end. Like talking to people. Yeah. Um, I'm in the dip. I'm in the dip in multiple levels. David's in the dip. Right I've now. told him that many times before. The broader span of Just my career. I'm maybe get. I think I'm getting into a dip. Really? Yeah. With like college? Yeah. So like academically? Or yeah. Hmm. Well, so you know what you got to do in the dip. Well, I have to decide whether or not it's the dip that I want to take. I feel like yeah. You, the alternative <laughs> would be dropping <laughs> no, out mean, of college and doing <laughs> nothing. So <laughs> not dropping out of college, but um, uh, what I want to do in college. Oh, yeah. like your specific yeah field of study. Okay, yeah. yeah, I get what you're saying. Um, cool. That's kind of all I wanted to talk about. Risk. All right. So, so everyone out there, find something this week that really scares you. That's a risk. It doesn't. Obviously, like not every risk is going to fall into the 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 cliff, the cul-de-sac, and the dip. Um, but just find something that you're afraid of doing, whether it's going up and talking to someone that you don't know, or going and doing something that's kind of scary. Trying something new. Trying something new. Trying new foods. But yeah, but make sure that it that it's not just like, oh, I've never done this before. I kind of want to go do it. Do something that is like that kind of gives you that feeling inside that you're like really uncomfortable yeah that tense that where you tense up and then you flinch and you really don't want to do it try to go find one of those things this week and then do it and see how it makes you feel are we gonna do that sure i now don't want to do that like i don't want to commit to that now (laughs) well you said it yeah because it's scary um now i gotta think of something to do but just go do it and then see how it feels and it remember it's it may it's not gonna be great but it may turn out that it is really awesome. Uh, I mean, risks aren't like inherently gonna necessarily yeah. like go south. But yeah, like but while you're doing it, it's not gonna be comfortable. And I think that's oh, important yeah. to remember. It can lead to like a new, like an entirely new path that you want to do. Mm-hmm. Like you're like, oh, I never. I'm kind of scared to go surfing, and then you go surfing, and then that's you realize how much you love it, and then you just want to be a professional surfer. Hmm. Obviously, I don't think it's winter, so I don't think our listeners will be going surfing. But remember that. Maybe if they're in Australia. Maybe. (laughs) Um, But just go try to find, just go try to find something and then do it. Whether it's like, I don't know, talking to someone in the store that you meet. Not like talking, talking, but just kind of see how they're doing in their day. If you're kind of, if you're kind of afraid of talking to people, just kind of go and. Maybe it's your cashier. You just ask them, how are you doing today? Oh, I do What's that. What's up with you? I practice on cashiers. Yeah, that's good. Do you flinch when you do that? Um, 
kind of sometimes it's not that hard to be like how's your day going but then yeah. sometimes it's like hard for me to like yeah know how to like i would say when i was working at bed bath and beyond when i first started cashiering like the f- just mm-hmm. when i first started working there like that was really scary because they when they train you you're not doing it with a real customer but then when you do it with a real customer it's a lot scarier because you don't want them to know you don't know what you're doing yes um, also, that's another thing. If you're going to something where it's like knowledge based or like a specific kind of niche thing, like a club, don't be afraid to ask questions. Yeah. That's an important thing in life is that one of the greatest pieces of information David ever, um, pieces of advice David ever gave to me. Well, there's two. You want to know what they are, David? Yeah. I don't one of them, of these. this was the greatest piece of advice you'd ever given to me was you just said, just be cool and when i thought wow when did i tell you that it was at the blount <laughs> like when we drove here and they had their little oh yeah party you just said adam just be cool and you know what i take that to heart every single day that's not even good advice but number two is always ask clarifying questions when did i tell you that when i was doing arms for hire <laughs> oh like make sure you understand what the job is. Yeah, yeah, but then I thought, well, that's kind of true for all things. So in most things, I ask clarifying yeah. questions. So another piece of advice: ask lots of questions. Yeah, because it, like, because that's kind uh, asking questions is another flinch because mm-hmm. you don't want to seem dumb, but it's really important to ask questions because that's how you're going to learn the best. Yeah, that's true. I what was I talking about before I got onto that? I feel like I, there was some. You were saying greater point that I had. You were just talking about taking risks. Oh, okay. Yeah. Take a risk this week. All right. Now, on to spicy tunes. Okay. All right. <laughs> we should leave it like that. <laughs> Not even. <laughs> Not put like yeah. music in between. Just just <laughs> <laughs> okay. So I'm, I I want to go first because okay, go first. I am selfish. <laughs> oh, okay. I'm just kidding. All right, then. This, uh, this is Bennett. <laughs> My spicy tunes is called "Everything Must Go." Frank Collage from the movie "Hearts Beat Loud," starring Nick Offerman. All right, so I have two songs for spicy tunes. The first one is a song called "This Must Be the Place" by the Talking Heads. Uh, In parentheses, parentheses, naive melody. Parentheses, naive melody. Uh, I found this song on accident. But it's a song I haven't actually listened to it all the way through. But it has a nice little instrumental section. Let me guess. Is it about love? It is about <laughs> love. We had some technical difficulties and I'm re recording this, trying to act like that this is the first time <laughs> we're recording this. Let me guess. It's about love because it's like, you know, it's like he's been told about falling in love, so he's saying this is the place that he's been told about. So he's finally made it. And it's also it also has a little bit of uncertainty in it. Yeah, thanks, Adam. Uh, your next song is <laughs> Alive by Pearl Jam. You've listened to it before, but you never really registered it as a good song. It's off the album 10, which is kind of weird because it's their first album on Spotify. You'd think that <laughs> it would be their 10th. Um, but it's a good song, and the second half of it really rocks. And you c- you think you can do a really good Eddie Vedder. Yeah. Oh, okay, so another song. <laughs> I'm not going to put this on Spicy Tunes. Um, but if you like Nirvana, okay, Sturgill Simpson, which is a, he's a guy that I've been recently introduced to. He is a country singer, but he's kind of like, 
I don't know if he would be like alternative country, but he's not, he does not, I guess, fit with the mainstream sound of country music today. I'm not very familiar with this, but that's what I've been told. But I was like, I'll try this guy out. It's pretty good. But he has a cover of um, the Nirvana song In Bloom, which is really good. That's a good Nirvana song. Yeah. I'm not going to put it on spicy tunes just because I would say the lyrics, there's no like bad words in the lyrics, but I wouldn't say they're necessarily G-rated and we're just trying to keep everything very. Yes. Very above board here. We're only G-rated here. Yeah. So, if you like Nirvana and you like the Nirvana song In Bloom and or you like Sturgill Simpson and or country music, give it a listen because it's pretty interesting. So, nice little thing. I'm going to play it for Adam when we're done. Okay. Well. That's it. That's all we got. That is the end of the show. I'm Terry Gross. Thanks for being on Fresh Air, David. I'm Kai Rizdahl. That was even good. Is that his last name? I don't Kai. It's Kai something something. I don't know what the first half of I his. I think it's Kai Rizdahl. But I'm Terry. What if Gross. that's like a totally weird like? No, he he is the because he, he's also the guy that does the Ted Ted Kai Rizdahl Ted Hour. American radio journalist. Okay, yeah. And the um, well, I'm Terry Gross. Thanks for being on Fresh Air. I'm Kai Rizdahl. This has been the last name Gross market, Marketplace. Uh, and just kidding. That was a prank. What's the name of the... Uh, oh, man. I got to look this up because I can actually... Oh, did we get any responses from our new catchphrase? I don't think we did. Uh, I don't know. We don't. We should look and see if we have any reviews. Peace out, Let's Rainbow see. Trouts. Whoa, whoa, whoa. We're checking for reviews. Goodbye. <laughs> David just looked up at me. He was scared. I'm trying to click on our episode, and it keeps taking me to other shows. Ugh. Like, okay, here we go. Uh, no, we don't have any new reviews. Send us not a surprising. Re- write us a review on David iTunes. wants reviews I've so bad. I've been longing to write a review. Okay. Thank you, guys. I'm your host. I'm, I'm doing like a bit. I'm your host, Gary Marbles. <laughs> this has been Thoughts for Your, your thoughts. thoughts on WVINES. Wamaho County Public Radio. <laughs> thoughts for your thoughts. Thoughts. Who's the who's the guy, who's the Eagleton guy that comes in during the oh merger? Oh man, I don't remember his name. Anyway, okay, okay. This is the end of the episode. Thank you for sticking with us. Go take a risk. Go read right Pride and Prejudice. That's not even a risk. I'm like a comma. Take a risk. Period. Read Pride and Prejudice. I just said Pride. Pride and Prejudice, period. Peace out, Rainbow Trouts, and have a good week. Talk at you next time. I'm not. <laughs> Talk at you next time? Yeah. Just wait. Workshopping work, some things. Anyways, have a great week. <laughs>